What will the Cowboys bring to the table this weekend? Well, we'll be sure to keep an eye on it and we'll stay riled up on the Cowboys as we always do every Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. I've got my man Tom Ryle with me. I'm your boy Roy White at RW3 on the Twitter space. You can find him at Tom Ryle BTB. And of course, follow all the great content at Blogging the Boys on Twitter and bloggingtheboys.com. And Tom, I mean, Every single week with the Cowboys right now, it seems to be they're leaking like a sieve. And while we can lament what's going on from that standpoint, and we obviously have some questions that need to be answered when they do take on the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Hey, there still are some positives that have come from the season and the most recent one to come that we do need to recognize are the seven players that were elected to the Pro Bowl, including a few for the first time ever. And the, that list, uh, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Tom, but I've, I've got it here. Obviously, you know, Zach Martin, chalk, right? That's going to happen yeah. every year as long as he's healthy. Demarcus Lawrence named for the third time as a pro bowler. Uh, Trayvon Diggs named to his mm-hmm. second pro bowler as a starter in, at his position at cornerback. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. Second Pro Bowl for him as well, along with Micah Parsons, who will join them for the second time. All obvious selections. And then Tony Pollard getting his first nod in his free agent season. And Cavante Turpin as a return specialist. Um, Nearly all of them named starters, or half of them named starters, Demarcus Lawrence, CeeDee Lamb, and Tony Pollard selected as backups at their position, but still uh, legitimately going to be involved in the Pro Bowl if they are healthy enough to do so. And thankfully they don't have to actually play a game this year. <laughs> so yeah, that's always, I'm, I'm glad they made that change at the pro bowl. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to hear that for the guys. And, you know, now you, know, you were mentioning, I think talking about the fact that the Cowboys have some injury issues and stuff, uh, you know, Leighton Andrish is the newest on the list. But an interesting kind of weird trend is developing because, of course, we all know that uh, Jalen Hurts is questionable, maybe doubtful uh, is the real term for the uh, the game on Saturday. Uh, almost everybody expects that he will, will not be given a go, recovering from uh, an injury to his right shoulder. Uh, they probably don't want to risk him with the playoffs looming and the Eagles still being in pretty good shape to control things. But yesterday we also found out that Ryan Tannehill is going to be out when they play the Tennessee Titans. Kind of an interesting thing because that might be good for a team that's struggling with pass rush and uh, particularly has a question at the cornerback problem. Something to keep in mind as we go through some of these, though, is is this a, a, a good way for these guys to kind of come up, get up to speed, or would it be better to have them sharpening against a, a harder steel? You know, so yeah, it's no, I think that's a legitimate question. I mean, it's specifically in Malik Willis's case, if you've seen him play it all this season, he is an athlete, uh, and he can hurt you, but his throws and ability to get the ball where he needs it to down the field leaves something to be desired. So I don't think he's in a position to make Cowboys cornerbacks pay 
if they make a mistake. And again, that doesn't bode well for our confidence meter because it might look good on the field. It might look good, you know, in the game that they're playing against the Tennessee Titans that week, but it's not going to look good when they play against a quarterback who, you know, they're going to play at some point in the, in the playoffs. And so it's it's same, same thing with Gardner Minshew this week. If as expected, he has to take over and start for the, for Philadelphia. So yeah, uh, it's really kind of, I feel kind of ambivalent about it. I I don't know if that's a a yay. This looks like they're going to at least get another win or two in the books here when we were kind of worried about that or boo. I'd like to have seen them go out and see what they had when they're in a situation with the playoffs locked up and can't really change their playoff position a whole lot unless uh, some really unlikely things happen, including the Cowboys winning winning out and the Eagles losing out. Mm -hmm. Probably unlikely. I do add one sidebar quick question before we get into the matchup, though, because as we do, we'll take a look at the questions that the Cowboys need to answer, and there are a whole hell of a lot of them coming up this weekend. But the Gardner-Minshew conversation, should teams, would you at the start of this season have been more fearful facing Gardner-Minshew or Cooper Rush if you knew one or the other was going to be your opponent? I would probably give the nod to, to Minshew there as the, the better backup. Uh, one of the few that I think you could look at uh, in comparison to Rush who would come out ahead. Uh, it, it, it's going to be an interesting test because it, it's, it's the flip. You know, the Cowboys face the Eagles with Cooper Rush. Now it looks like the Eagles may face the Cowboys with Minshew. And so... You know, if the uh, if the Cowboys win this game, whether it, especially if it's it's a, a a decent win, like a ten point, fourteen point win, we have to remember we were playing their backup, just like they beat us playing our backup, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be one of these games that's going to be very hard to read much into, at least really concrete conclusions. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it adds a different flavor to things this week. Uh, I would still love to see the Cowboys win. I think that always gives you a certain psychological uh, advantage, putting some wins up there. Well, I think they kind of need it just to get back to even, right? Like, yeah. if they lose this game, the Eagles have a clear psychological advantage, in my mm-hmm. mind, right? Like, if the Cowboys lose this game to the Eagles' backup, then – I mean, how do the Eagles not feel like they kind of roll when they host the Cowboys potentially right down the road in the playoffs? Because that is how they would match up if that was the case. Like in the Cowboys sense, I think they just need to get back to even Mm -hmm. in comparison to the Eagles mentally to say, yes, we can play with these guys. And I think that's what if they were to pull off a win, I think that's what it would do. Right. At least get them back to a place where, hey, like the rest of the world might say the Eagles are a little bit better because I think objectively someone would say that, honestly. Mm-hmm. I would say that, honestly, is that the Eagles look better than the Cowboys. But it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks if they have it in their mind and they've been able to convince themselves that that they can do it. And, you know, without the ability of doing it this weekend, it I would be hard-pressed to be convinced that they could do it come playoff time 
because that yep. hasn't been the MO of the Dallas Cowboys of recent years. So with that, let's move on to the questions we've got to answer, right? Because the injury bug is the very first thing I think we can start with here, Tom. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the first, the first item that I looked at is the Cowboys need to figure out what has happened to their, their pass rush, which just has taken off the past couple of weeks. And when I say taken off, as in they didn't show up for work. Uh, I don't know exactly what to make of it. They did not have a single sack against the Houston Texans. And then they get one sack early on uh, against the Jaguars. And that was by Mike Parsons, who is maybe a part of the injury problem. He's missing practice right now with an illness. They're apparently having him stay at home so he doesn't spread whatever he's got, which sounds like the flu, I'm hoping. not. We certainly don't want anything more serious. Uh but I think he's been playing hampered a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm not absolutely sure if he were a little too sick to go, or at least they had an excuse. It might not be a bad idea to sit him taking the long view of we're getting ready for the playoffs and we want him at as healthy a, a position as he can be. So, yeah, uh, and so what they need to see is the rest of the pass rush to step up because they just haven't been there. Uh, one of the interesting things that came up, uh, and I can't remember which uh, it was, uh, I think it might have been David Howman that pointed out, uh, or Dan Rogers. Actually, I'm going to take a quick cheaty look and see uh, that the Cowboys actually had – that was from David Howman. The Cowboys actually were credited with 28 quarterback pressures against Jacksonville. That sounds like they were getting really good pressure on, but the problem is there are some quarterbacks who are absolutely unfazed by pressure. Unless you're getting home, it doesn't affect the throw. Uh, you know, And that's what happened with Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if that is just if that's his typical thing or he just had a very good game at it, but the pressure didn't mean anything. And that the pass rush has to start getting home. They've got to start getting some sacks and some quarterback hits because I think a quarterback hit, even if it doesn't disrupt the pass, and usually it can, but if if you if you at least hit the quarterback, you've got that in his head, he got hit. That's not pleasant. <laughs> you know, we watch this. We don't forget how physically painful that game is with all the collisions out there when we're watching football. And so it's they've got to get something going. And it's going to be a challenge because the Eagles have a pretty good offensive line. You know, they're just a solid team across the board. So they're going to have to find a way to get some get through and get to the quarterback. And it, they make it be helped a little bit because I don't think Minshew is a threat to take off and break containment and suddenly get a 15-yard gain that Jalen Hurts is. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to be – I don't think, at least I don't expect them to run the same style of offense where they're running Minshew, you know, 10, 12 times a game, like intentionally so. Maybe he'll do those one-yard quarterback sneaks still. But uh, mm -hmm. 
Jalen does get a lot of those. I will say one thing about the pass rush, at least I was I was really thankful about when I saw the injury report. Dorrance Armstrong was limited and already back at practice. He had, you know, he let that game early in the third quarter and like wasn't really thought of because he didn't do much before then. But that was right at that time when they really things got out of hand, right? They were in control there early in the third, and then it really kind of tailspinned there until things got bad at the end, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to put it all on one particular guy, but by and large this season, I think he has kind of filled in in that Randy Gregory role. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair statement? Has he filled those shoes? Yeah, I have to think so. I think, he uh, I think he's given them the kind of production they would have expected out of Gregory. And I think he is one of the more overlooked players on this team, uh, possibly the most overlooked player on this team, because, you know, he's out there, he gets an occasional sack, but he's coming with the pressure and helping free other people up. And I, I think a lot of people have just looked beyond him. Well, I was thankful to see him back limited at practice. Of course, as you mentioned, Micah Parsons out with an illness. He go want to get right too, because the offensive line may have some motivation, you know, for the trash talk that made headlines a couple weeks back, right? Like, I guess it was really a week ago, right? When they were asking him mm -hmm. about, are you guys looking past it? Well, the Eagles weren't looking past it, but maybe we were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And with Parsons having struggled, it also, you know, you, that you start thinking, well, you know, technically he's a linebacker. You know, now we come to the run defense, and, and we've got some real injury issues there. You know, a couple weeks back, they lost Jonathan Hankins to IR, and now Leighton Vanderesh is uh, probably not going to play this week after he left the Jacksonville game, that's the two levels of your, your run defense. And the Cowboys seem to have gotten the run defense problem under control for a while. And that kind of fizzled again uh, against Jacksonville, uh, who got almost 200 yards on the ground. And most importantly, uh, in the second half, they were just, it's like the Cowboys had no idea what they were doing. Uh, what, the, what the Jaguars were doing or completely unprepared for it. They were running some reverses and, and using some motion and doing some unconventional things and getting chunk running plays. And that was key to the big comeback from being 17 points down because they had a couple drives for the Cowboys just barely slowed them, it seemed like. Uh, you know, they, the Philadelphia's got a thousand yard back in Miles Sanders. Uh, and like I get, I said, you've got that, that run defense. Neville Gallimore seems to not have not be doing quite as well. It seems like they're better with, with Osa Digizua and Carlos Watkins as far as the job they're doing up front. Uh, and, you know, with Vanderesh out, then that falls on Anthony Barr and Damone Clark. Clark has uh, I been. Like what, I like what Clark's been doing, but yeah. I don't have a lot of high hopes for Anthony Barr. Yeah, I think that's the real issue. I think Clark is a, an asset out there, but I just don't know if Barr is going to give them near what Vanderish was because Vanderish is having, you know, it, I, 
I don't know if you could say he's having a better year than he did his rookie season when we all had such high hopes after that, but it's certainly the best year he's had since then. And he's has been a real solid pillar in the, at that middle linebacker position. So yeah. Uh, what are they going to do? Uh, I actually think this is one, maybe the most likely problem we're going to see reoccur just because Philadelphia, even without Hertz, is so good at running the ball. Uh, and, you know, it's it's the same thing. If, if, if they can't get a handle on stopping the run and they can't get a handle on rushing the passer, my gosh, how's that going to work against the teams they're going to face in, in January? Uh, you know, whoever they start off with, you know, we don't want another one and done, and we've got to see some more. And, you know, and then, you know, while we're at it, all three levels of the defense had big problems. Uh, I mean, Kelvin Joseph had a horrible game. Uh, so bad they yanked him and put Nashawn Wright in there. Uh, and I don't really know if it got terribly better, but Joseph just got burnt horribly on one play. Just absolutely. He bit. The guy ran past him when it was wide open for as easy a touchdown as you're going to see in the NFL. And now they apparently are having a sort of open competition to see who's going to be the third starting cornerback because, you know, Diggs and Deron Bland are solid. Bland is, I think, a real find in the draft. Uh, but what about that third guy? You know, because other teams seem to have the the offensive firepower to come out there and attack you. And if you've got two quarterbacks that are really good and one guy that is a little bit like a sieve out there, well, you know who they're going to attack. And they're going to try to find ways to get uh, a better receiver on him. And it's, you know, this is one that worries me. Uh, actually, I guess they all worry me because I kind of say that a lot. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, right? And I think that goes into the overall approach that the Cowboys take for the next three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to ask yourself with the playoff spot locked up and with no chance to win the division, and really, you know, with a winner two kind of being locked into the position that you're going to be in for the wild card. How do the Cowboys approach it with guys who may be ailing, who may be nursing some things? You know, when I look at the linebacker group, like quite honestly, they don't really have room to give even Micah Parsons the week off, even if he had like the flu. Right. And I would say if there was anything bothering him, we got to get him right. Right. We Mm got to take the time off to make sure he's right for the playoffs. But if we were to do that, Tom, we're looking at a linebacking group of Clark Barr, Jabril Cox and Luke Gifford. And that's it. Those are the linebackers Mm -hmm. they have on the active roster right now. Not talking about any guys potentially pulling up from you know, the, the practice squad and then the cornerback group as well. As you mentioned, they actually have a stable of names it's just whether or not you can trust any of them. Mullins yes. or, or Mullen that they grabbed off of waivers. McKenzie hasn't really done anything of note. Yeah. It's been no the guy way. with two first names. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, is there any chance that they try to, 
you know, move in, a, you know, another safety into that group or potentially like even into the linebacker group, right? Playing, you know, a safety up in that role. I'm just thinking, I feel like they, they will have to ultimately get creative at both positions. And, and I, you know, that's I, I would of, not, I will, I would not discount the fact that Maley Jefferson, who just got uh, brought back to the practice squad after he was with the team earlier and then they waived him and now he's he's back on the practice squad. We might see him get called up uh, because they know a little bit about him. Whereas with, uh, you know, these they've got these four new names. You, you mentioned Mullen and Mackenzie Alexander and they've got Kendall Sheffield and uh, somebody else there. Uh, I thought there was a, a fourth one that's in the mix uh, besides Mullen, but yeah, they've got. I'm sorry, Sheffield was the last one that I remembered. Yeah, uh, you know, is like I said, is somebody going to emerge from that that can play? Uh, that's why I think Jefferson may actually be a very likely one, just because he's not a complete unknown. The coaches have worked with him and kind of have an idea what they could do. Uh, yeah, cornerback is it's it's one that could be a real scramble to try to figure something out because if they don't come with an up with an answer real quick, uh, you know, I could see them going outside the organization and signing a couple more, just trying to throw people at it. You know, they'll release one guy and bring another one in, and we'll see what happens. But this is going to be quite the scramble if something doesn't gel really fast or if Dan Quinn can't figure out some way to, to roll a safety over and help him or something, you know, maybe we're going to finally see something out of Marquise Bell. I mean, you know, he seems to have pretty good coverage skills, but you know, maybe they can use him to, to, to pair up with whoever is playing that third cornerback spot just to help deny people and make digs and, and Bland play more on an island, which fortunately both of them seem to be able to do rather well. Well, they've obviously got the backup in Minshew, maybe not quite as quality of the thrower as Jalen Hurts is, so that's a downgrade. But keep in mind the Eagles did activate Dallas Goddard off the IR for the first time in five weeks, and that's mm -hmm. just one more weapon to add to the – seemingly limitless talent, you know, talent in AJ Brown and the emerging Devonte Smith, who has really come on in the latter part of the season, especially while Goddard was out, they featured him a lot more. And I think he kind of proved that, that he can carry his weight as well. Like they have two legitimate, you know, wide receivers and a tight end who also has to be respected. So even though they're not facing the best quarterback this week, they will be facing some tough tests on the outside, and it'll be interesting to see how they how how Dan Quinn decides to match up against him. Yeah, and with an accurate quarterback, one of the things you really have to watch is the pass interference calls, because if you're if you're not covering well, a bad throw can turn into a big play for the offense if you mess your coverage up and draw a flag. And that's something to really watch with whoever that third cornerback is because Bland looks really good at knowing how to, to make those plays. But the other guys, you know, that could be a, a, a chance for some yellow laundry to hit the field. Uh, and that's definitely something I'm going to have my eye on or try to have my eye on during the game and see what happens. 
And so we got all of the defensive problems. There's a couple things on the offense too that that need to get taken care of. And let me let me so throw something out that we don't have to worry about. It's actually three people we don't have to worry about. That's Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard. They are not the problems. They have the skill talent there. Uh, so we're not going to talk about those. <clears throat> but the offensive line needs to get itself tuned up. And that's the one unit when I'm looking at this is we're really talking a tune-up and not scrambling to find something to plug in because the return of Tyron Smith, was, I mean, could they have mapped it out any better for he shows up right after Terrence Steele gets injured and goes out? Now, I thought you uh, hated that, Tom. I thought you wanted him out to pasture already. No. Well, Yes. I thought that was what was going to happen to him, and I thought that was best for his health. I was stunned he came back and stunned that he looks to be playing. Well, I'm not stunned he looks to be playing as well as he does, except for the fact that he's had to switch sides of the line. Bingo. The right tackle. But, you know, it's just like I said, it, it fell as well as it could for the Cowboys. Uh, it's still not optimal because I think while Tyron was out, still was their best tackle. Uh, you know, give all the credit to Tyler Smith for coming in as a rookie and holding down the position. But he can have some problems in pass protection. He has at times been a little bit of a liability out there. Uh, it's not as bad as some people think because uh, somebody pointed out that on this these pla- uh, pass blocking win rate that uh, they have in analytics, he doesn't get as much credit for riding his guy past the quarterback, and yet that's still keeping the quarterback clean, and, and it's a good thing. But he, I think right now that uh, if, if Terrence still was around, that they would definitely have made the move with Tyron going to left tackle more and kicking Tyler inside just because I think he is the third best offensive tackle they have. Unfortunately, one of them is in on IR right now, so we're having to, to deal with him playing out there. But they need to, to make sure they've got this down and get things going. It's I, I think we're still going to see uh, Jason Peters getting called to come in and sub in some for uh, Tyron just because he's got to still play him back into sh- himself back into shape. He's got to get those football legs going. And uh, Oh, you said he had got- to play himself back into what? In the shape, shape, in shape, shape, shape. shape. <laughs> I don't know how what it sounded like. My East Texas accent can sometimes do you weird know things. What it sounded but, like, but but I tell you, and it doesn't help the fact that I'm sometimes thinking eight words ahead of where I'm actually talking. <laughs> so I've been there. Get mixed up. I've been yeah, there. but the uh, but yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's we're going to still see that getting into the into what we want it to be. Uh, well, I'm nervous about have... the offensive line. I got to tell you, I mean, again, really, really thin, right? Like, yeah. if you really step back and understand, all right, the starters out there, from you know, from left to right, Tyler, Connor, Tyler, Zach, Tyron, right? Jason mm-hmm. Peters can spell them, but we can't really expect him to take on a full load. And then the only other offensive lineman that they've got right now, Tom, is Josh Ball, 
right now yeah. they got guys on the practice squad. This could be the week that we finally see like Aviante Collins come up, or maybe they go with you know Isaac Alarcon uh, as an option. But I think that's another position where they might add one more guy before Sunday to the active roster because yeah, like I don't feel great about that, Tom. Because yeah, there's no if interior backup it, offensive lineman in that group. Yeah, you don't you don't have a single interior offensive line backup on the active roster. They're one deep at, at guard, guard center guard. There's there's three guys and there's nobody to back them up. They can't do that. So they, they have to elevate. I think they've elevated Collins. Uh and I think they may may have elevated Dakota Shepley uh to just have him available for game day. And I think they're gonna have to have somebody up there. Uh, you know, because they can do some shuffling around with with Jason Peters and kicking Connor McGovern over and moving Tyler Smith. And, but you have to make three moves to cover for one person being out. That's not a good thing. So they definitely, I think, are going to have to elevate somebody that can cover those interior line positions. And think of and the weapons that Philly has on the interior. Right? Yeah, yeah, that ain't good. They, they've got a, they've got a big task ahead of them because yeah philadelphia has a has a really good defensive line and yeah, that's jordan davis and dominican sue just the names that you and, so, and it's not just going to be pass protection but we saw a real breakdown in the running game in the second half against jacksonville uh they just had too many times where they come out and, and lose two yards on first down or get one yard or whatever and they kept getting behind the chains and, and not converting the first down. And really it was just, you know, it was so close. If they had just gotten one more good series, uh, if, if instead of a, a loss or no gain on first down, they got three or four yards, that might've changed things. It could have changed the entire outcome of the game. So they've got to figure out how to do the running game more effectively. And this is going to be a tough, tough matchup to do it against. Uh, this is not a situation where you think, well, gosh, I, I wish they were playing against better quality players because they're going up against some of the best on Saturday, and it's going to really task them. Yeah. And then there's there's the final one, and this is the one that rankles because we saw this all the way back in February mm. when they elected to trade away Amari Cooper and let Cedric Wilson go in free agency. We said you got to get some more bodies in at wide receiver. You know, they drafted Jalen Tolbert, who's not done anything. Yeah. Signed James Washington, who we weren't real enthused about to begin with, who then got injured, now has come back and hasn't done anything. You want to know what we been... should, how we should have known Jalen Tolbert was going to be a bust, or at least in his first year was not going to make an impact. When guys like Dennis Houston were getting more run in the preseason and in training camp than Jalen Tolbert was, that that should have been our first red flag right there. Yeah. And, you know, there were people that questioned that he was the right guy anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm not a draft Nick. I just know that a lot of people out there were not happy with it. Uh, so now at least way overdue, but they've got out and signed T.Y. Hilton, who is expected to make his debut against the Eagles. And that's that could be really important for playoff implications because right now the wide receiving group is C.D. Lamb and maybe somebody else shows up. 
<laughs> you know, CD Lamb is having a great year. You know, uh, he's over a thousand yards. Uh, he's got the eighth most receiving yards in the NFL. Uh, just made the Pro Bowl, as we mentioned. Absolutely nothing wrong with the job he's doing. But when he's really your only wide receiver weapon, uh, the other teams, you know, you don't have to worry that much about Noah Brown. Uh, Brown has had some good games, but he's also had games when he didn't show up. And of course, against Jacksonville, he had a couple of balls that he brought in the hands uh, that he didn't catch, one of which wound up to be the game-winning pick six for the Jaguars because it bounced right off his hands and over to their defensive back. Yeah, the thing I'd Just, say about Noah Brown is like when I, from a mental standpoint, name all three tight ends as being more impactful in the passing game or potentially more impactful in the passing game before I name you the second wide receiver, that that's, that's where I have issue. And we've all yeah. known this was coming. So thankfully they brought in T Y, as you mentioned, like I, you can't expect T Y to be the burner that he was, but at least he's a veteran wide receiver that has made plays in this league and knows how to make you, plays in this league because yeah. that right there, like, I don't know if they have three wide receivers in that room that can consistently do that. Yeah. Cause Michael Gallup has just not been anything like what they need him to be. Uh, did they maybe bring him back too early? I'm starting to suspect that. Yeah. I'm but... still giving Gallup, like I'm still giving Gallup this year. I'll wipe the whole slate clean when we start mm -hmm. next year. I'll, I'll be critical of it this year, admittedly, but all of it in the back of my mind going, yeah, but he's right back off of this ACL injury, right? But next year, it's got to be go time. And really, I yeah. mean, I, I'd like to see it happen kind of in the playoffs. We sure could use it. But doggone yeah, it, man. Like, I, Noah has no excuse. He was given yeah. every opportunity yeah. and has squandered. Yeah, and with and let's be honest. It just may be that Noah Brown does not have the right talent to be a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. Uh, sometimes we criticize these people like if you just went out and tried harder. Well, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Uh, By so, the way, yeah. he is good at what he does, right? Blocking wide receiver, great. Like fourth guy was great. Great special that. teams guy. Tremendous. Yeah. And so the whole problem and what we may be seeing is that, you know, was T.Y. Hilton too little too late? And did they make the same mistake in a couple other places? You know, okay, maybe you can't necessarily say that uh, about some of the others because it's due to injuries happening quite recently. Uh, but you can make the same argument maybe about the offensive line that we, we've been sweating this all season, wishing they would get some more depth in there, and they haven't. So, yeah. Uh, this is going to be an interesting three-game stretch, uh, starting with this game. We have to see if this team is tuning up for the playoffs or if they're like in the latter parts of the preseason trying to figure out just who they've got that can play. Man, and that's the toughest part, right? When you're facing a backup, you know, no matter what happens – the Cowboys are now seemingly in a no-win situation, no matter how it goes on Sunday. So I'm hopeful. I, I do think the Cowboys can pull out a victory over Gardner Minshew and the Eagles. I still think Eagles probably favored. I haven't looked at the uh, the spread as I normally do, so I apologize. No, for the Cowboys have been favored ever since the Hurts news broke. 
Okay. All right. So Cowboys favorite. All right. Well then, Hey, let's make it happen. Uh, and hopefully see some performances from those places that have lacked the last couple of weeks, uh, for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys and we will see you after Philly next week. 